Taxi Pizza Party Podcast, and I'm Pan Pizza. Who are you, Nolan? Well, well, I mean, spoiled it, but I'm Nolan, back from my computer hiatus. That was fun. Yeah, he's back, and everyone else left for some reason. Whoops. Uh, yeah, it was sort of like uh, if I came back, I had to kill everyone else. And, you know, everybody's a big fan of Nolan, so here I am. What's up? Here, everybody. Mm. It's Nolan's back end. We have a guest. Who is this guest? Oh, this is Kermit the Frog here. <gasps> the Frog. Kermit? Kermit the yes, frog. uh. Oh, I'm here to report on. Well, I dropped the paper saying what I was supposed to report on. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just leave. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Bye. Bye, Kermit. Bye. Oh, hi. Did you guys just see Kermit the Frog nearby? Oh. I thought that was him. It kind of looked like him, but yeah. I feel like if it was really him, then there, you know, then somebody would have said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, it probably wasn't him. It's fine. Uh, who, who are you, good sir? My name is Nicholas Wallstrom, and you invited me on this podcast, so it'd be nice if you recognized me. That sounds familiar. Where would I, uh, some person who's been on YouTube since like 2006, would recognize you, Nicholas Wallstrom? Oh, well, I was probably best known as Walrus Guy, creator of certain YouTube poops that you may have heard of, such as Luigi farts in Mario's face for 30 seconds while I play unfitting music. Classic. Link gets cancer. Oh. Uh, but yeah. it's okay, his cancer Beautiful. gets cured by the end. So. Oh, thank God. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I am Dr. Rabbit, the world's only rabbit Nazi. This is my genitalia. Hey, I got a question. Um, do you make YouTube poops about uh, the Colgate toothpaste mascot, uh, Mr. Rabbit? <laughs> Was it true that you got like cease and desist or what? Oh, yeah, my account was taken down due to copyright strikes. And so th this was actually the first time in the history of YouTube poop, I think, that, I mean, you know, stuff had been taken down in the past, but I decided, you know what, I think these are fair use. I'm going to contest this. And so I did, and the videos got back up, and uh, they never bothered anyone again. People thought that I was taken to court after I <laughs> brought this up, and so, you know, I just sort of went along with it. Like, I said, yeah, they took me to court and they had to watch my YouTube poops in court. And cause I just, that, that was sort of a fantasy for me. Like the idea of a jury having to, you know, like these random adults who are called to jury duty have to watch this Dr. Rabbit YouTube poop and decide on whether it was illegal or not. Damn. So it was yeah. all a fraud. This is, I, this... I want to believe this was all a lie. This is like fucking when you like hear like an urban legend and then you just find out that it's like the most mundane shit on the planet. Yeah, just a simple copyright strike. It didn't matter. Like, yeah, like it was big back then because nobody had had done that for YouTube poop at the time. Yeah. So it was like, oh hey, we we can actually not have our accounts deleted and have to start over whenever somebody sees the stuff that we made. 
Nah, my old account got deleted for making a YouTube poop on The Simpsons thanks to 20th Century Fox. Well, see, you could contest it if you think it's fair use enough. Yeah, maybe. I, OK, I think this was back in like 2007, so maybe it's it'll still be yeah. valid. Like maybe I can go back to YouTube and say, hey, can you check on that video that got deleted? I think it's under fair use. And then and then they just like go through their like uh, Rolodex and are like, fuck, which channel is that? But you may remember that in 2009, my account was cracked and all the videos were deleted. Oh, and stuff from like, uh, you know, so they were uploaded on other fan accounts. So the stuff from back then, but uh, back before then, YouTube didn't even have a to contest stuff. So like that Beowulf YTPMV I made. They removed it for inappropriate content because, uh, like, you know, it had Angelina Jolie and it was only 240p back then. And so it may have looked like she was naked. Of course, they had the actual Beowulf trailer that I edited it from on YouTube at the time. But, you know, now since it was deleted, I never have the chance to contest that. So I've, I've oh. always been sort of bitter about that. Damn. Yeah. YouTube and their double standards. Another reason to hate uh, Image Movers movies. They also seem to have uh, a lot stronger standards for what people are able to monetize. Like, you know, the they have a rule, thanks to all those Spider-Man Elsa videos, you can't use children's characters in adult situations and monetize that. But, Uh-oh. you know, you look at, hey, look look at all these Adult Swim robot chicken videos and stuff up there. You know, they still get to monetize it. I mean, I guess because it's like they own the legal rights or I don't, I don't know how that works. Never mind. It's still um, fair use when Robot Chicken does it, you know, it's just. Yeah, that is I, true. What I, the the dif- I think the difference is that um, it's a, it's from a network, so they have more clout to be like, hey. This yeah. is exactly. Like, yeah, but if it's a little guy, it's like, oh well, uh, you know, whatever. Do you guys remember the uh, internet site YTMND, which got shut down recently? Oh, of course. Oh yeah, because like I remember a long time ago, like 2006 or so, uh, uh, they were making you well, not just parodies of the Sonic Says segment, the one where he says, uh, "Kids, uh, don't get touched by adults" or whatever. Like, uh, and that's exactly those were Sonic's exact words, and that was the whole thing, pretty much. Yeah, and like Sega was like, Hey, you got to take this down, this is wrong. And it's like, This is a totally different Sega from a different time because nowadays they just fully embrace all these dumb memes. But back then, they were like, No, this is wrong, this is against our policy. It reached such a critical mass where they felt like, Okay, we we can't compete with what people are doing with Sonic, that's his image now, we just kind of have to (laughs) roll with it yeah but not getting touched yeah yeah it's a it's a hot mess for uh sonic right now just complete fucking disaster i never got a chance to talk about the sonic movie on this podcast i mean i don't plan on it but i just wanted to say yeah no it's a mess kill me i hate being a fan i can't wait it's gonna be awesome the transformers will return after these messages but first, this podcast is supported by Patreon donators of $100. First is Alfredo, who wants to show off their comic Bongo and Luna. Links below. It's a slice of life story of a serious big titty clown girl, Bongo, and her best friend, a lusty ghost, Luna. Bongo and Luna updates every Tuesdays and Thursdays. It has cute monster girls. Please read it. Our other donator is Kovi, who wants to promote their animated web cartoon, Blood Thing. It's about a blob of blood desperately trying to make friends in a world full of assholes. It's crazy resourceful they're pulling this off with so little at their disposal, yet it works really well. 
Check out Blood Thing and Bongo and Luna. Links below. We now return to the Transformers. I think the interesting thing about the design change is that in maybe 10, 15 years, people will see the version that comes out in theaters and it'll be this weird arcane fact that look what it almost looked like. Yeah, however yeah. they're going to redesign them. Supposedly redesign, unless they had the design the whole time, and this was all just a just a a viral marketing stunt. I I don't think they're that smart. It's not even a smart. It's not even a smart viral marketing stunt. It's like I mean, it worked. It certainly I got mean, attention. It got attention, but not good attention. Well, I mean, when it when they change it to like a regular Sonic, it's gonna get everyone's gonna be like, "Whoa, it's classic Sonic." You know? Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to do it in six months. Like, I remember I'm seeing t- an article where the guy who did Paddington, yeah, uh, like a visual effects artist on Paddington, was like, uh, it took us like six to nine months to just finalize the design for Paddington before we even did anything with the animation. Mm-hmm. They're so, just going to use a Dreamcast model. Oh, please. Do it. That'd be funny. Oh, uh, yeah, this is happening. The same rig, the same like a uh, really crappy clipping model. The same, and he's pack. going to talk over the other characters just like in Sonic Adventure. Oh yeah, and the music will always be blaring out and on top of all everyone's audio. I want some, and basically, it looks like I'm gonna have to save your planet. I wasn't mm. done talking. Yeah, this is yeah. epic. Oh God, I. I've, you ever wait for something for almost two decades and then it comes out and it's going to be fucking crap. Depressing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's how it always is. I, I just... Yeah. I enjoy the Super Mario Brothers movie for how weird it is. I'm kind of hoping the Sonic movie will be the same way. The, the only especially weird thing about it was his design, though. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, otherwise it's just like, oh, no... It's, Jim uh, Carrey should at least be in a fat suit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, agreed. please. It shouldn't have been Jim Carrey at all. But like at this point, I have to like start bargaining with myself. In the uh, ending of the trailer, the first trailer, uh, Jim Carrey's just in the full robotic gear, and I swear, I bet that's just going to be some freaking after credit scene. No, it is. Um, there was yeah. a Reddit leak a while back, which basically spoiled the whole damn movie. And they confirm that, yeah, that scene is in a... He's on uh, Sonic's world, which is why (laughs) Mushroom Hill's in the background. And it's like... It's like at the very end of the movie, or a post-credits scene, I forget which one it was. And Knuckles is a Blu-ray exclusive. Like, you get the exclusive movie, Sonic the movie, and Knuckles, and it edits him in. No, you got an add-on feature. It's like the Genesis one. You have an add-on where you put the disc on top of another disc, and then Knuckles replaces Sonic in the movie. Wow. Yeah, that's Sega has and always will be ahead of their time. I will see the movie as long as Jim Carrey says snooping as usual. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't know if they will, but it's a possibility. So far it looks like the fan service is just, hey, look at this thing from the first game. Isn't it fucking cool? Also, I know for a fact Actually, that Sonic's gonna be. Gary floss. Chalk is in the movie, I think. Who? One of the one of the actors in the trailer seems to be Gary Chalk, the voice of Grounder. Ooh, I, I honestly, I honestly think that's just a coincidence. Like they, I don't, they just didn't even notice. Yeah, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was a happy accident. Like I'm, I'm like 100 percent certain. 
He needed. You know work. what I really hope is for Long John Baldry to have a part in Rocket Man, because uh, he was a friend of Elton John, and Elton John got his name from Long John Baldry. Isn't didn't Long John Baldry die, or is that something? I mean, else? an actor, an actor playing Long John Baldry. Oh, he's, a, oh, okay. he's an important part of Elton John's life, and I think he should be in Rocket Man. <laughs> he should say snooping as usual. I think they should make a Freddie Mercury movie with a director that's a child molester. What? That's a good idea. Have you not? What? Do you not know this, Pan? Because I'm I'm just making references to a fucking Rocket. Um, no, no. Uh, what was it? Bohemian Rhapsody. It was directed by Brian Singer, who's a like child molester, but like he hasn't been caught yet for some reason. Yeah, he's out there on the run. I am in your ass. Here you are in mine. Oh, I don't know what that's a reference to, but I don't like it. <laughs> it's the theme song of Zack and Cody. I don't remember the fucking theme song of Zack and Cody. It's the sweet life. Yeah, what do you do now that you have retired from making YouTube poops? I've never officially retired. It's just I haven't really had time yet. And uh, I, I am a professional animator, fortunately, so... Like, uh, you know, it may not be the most tactful thing to use, you know, copyright material anymore, even if it, I do consider it fair use and I've never made money off it. But, mm. uh, yeah, I, my first ever salaried job was at Stupid Buddy Studios uh, working on Hot Streets. And mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting because I used audio from their flagship show, Robot Chicken, in my first YouTube poop. <laughs> so do you do stop motion or like hand-drawn or cg oh hot streets is a hand-drawn show i i can do stop motion too i just haven't been uh, hired for it yeah I, I see you also did the uh, rick and morty bush world adventures thing at studio yada oh yeah i i did both of the rick and morty i mean you know small parts on it like i just did those two shots that uh shut the fuck up morty shut the fuck up <laughs> i specifically requested that one and was happy that i got it <laughs> and the uh, Morty, you saved me. You saved me life. The thing that Rick does there with his mouth was something that I did with a shot of Chubby Webbers in an episode of Hot Streets that that Brian and pretty much everybody liked, but it it didn't end up making it into the episode. Uh, so you know, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll reuse this for Rick, and uh, it worked, and I was happy with that. That's got to suck, like, when you have something, you're like, man, this is going to be funny once in the episode, and then your director's like, nope. Oh. There was, uh, I got, uh, let's see, I wonder how much I should say, because um, every, everybody at Stupid Buddy was extremely nice to me, probably nicer than I deserved. I came in, you know, about, like, the Sakuga system in Japan, about, oh, you know, there'll be an anime, and it's often really still, and then... And then suddenly someone like Yo-Yo Shinari will come in and have one or two shots and it'll look amazing there. And I felt like, you know, if I could do that, if I could just have one or two really amazing looking shots and they're in the middle of an episode, I, you know, it's like I, I want to do, do this. I want to save animation type thing. And, uh, you know, of course, that's uh, on a show production. They want you to do as many shots as possible, as fast as possible. And so I got some talkings, too, about, hey, no, what are you doing? Let's let's work faster instead of putting so much work into individual shots. And I understand that, and uh, I really shouldn't have to have been told that as many times as I was. Like, I got called in multiple times. Uh, you know, there were times when I was 
surprised to get called in because I didn't feel like I had worked that. Like sometimes stuff that's really fast and off model seems like you put a lot of work into it because, you know, like when I'm drawing off model, I don't have to draw as fast because I, I'm just sort of doing my own thing rather than having to work by standards. But it's yeah, you're sort just of, like getting you're just going by feel. Yeah, but it can look like I put more work into it because it, it looks more dynamic, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so one time when I got called in and asked, you know, how long did it take you to do this? And I thought, oh, like a few minutes. But, uh, you know, but I, I, I the, like this was my first job ever. And so there was a lot of learning about what people want and uh, how to interact with people. And uh, I'm also, you know, I, I have Asperger's. I'm on the autism spectrum. So there was a lot of learning how to interact with people in general. So, you know, yeah. th- there were times when, when I found out afterwards, like people were like, what, what, what is he doing? Pe- people don't do that. Uh, you know, like th- there was times, you know, certainly it was definitely a learning experience for me how to how to interact with people in general. You know, I've never in my life uh really sought out friends but once i was there then oh my god i'm finally around people who are as into animation as i am the first conversation i ever had with another animator on hot streets uh, was about jim tyre's work on the uh, herman and catnip short uh cheese burglars uh jim tyre is one of my favorite uh people working with really loose limited animation and uh it, it was so heartening to the, the first person who I talked to also had that same appreciation for him. Uh, you, you, you're just like echoing all the sentiments I've felt oh. like my entire life. Yeah. Like I assume in high school, none of you guys ever had anyone who who knew about animation or the same stuff you were into. Hardly. And even Ooh. when they did, it was usually like the normie shit. And I, I hate rem- saying normie shit, but like, it's oh. just kind of how it was like, most of my, the, my most of the people who were into cartoons um, at my high school were just into My Little Pony because that's when it was the big thing. Oh no! Yeah, I'm. It's nice for me that I was out of high school by then. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hola, Doctor Robbie. Welcome to Europe. Hola, Carmen. Good to see you again, my friend. Let me have your chips. Why? I am going to stick those chips in my butt. Why don't you? Have a look at my Sanford. I'd love to. This is my genitalia. Not no hate to My Little Pony. I want to emphasize that. One thing, now, uh, there, there are certainly things in YouTube poops that I've made that, you know, that come off as pretty crass because it's to take audio clips and make mm-hmm. characters say horrible and do horrible things. You know, there, there are some jokes that I wouldn't put in there now as I come to understand things better. But uh, the one, the, uh, you know, and I'm happy to say that nobody's complained about them. You know, I feel like people, maybe when they watch YouTube poops, they know what they're getting into. But the one joke that I ever remember getting criticism of was in Genesis of Dr. Rabbit when he says, Oh dear, this is awful. You have Asperger's. And, uh, and uh, various people commented saying that, you know, Hey, I have Asperger's and I was offended by this, but I, I feel like, that's the one joke that I feel pretty okay about because, you know, one, I have Asperger's and two, Dr. Rabbit is not meant to in that situation. Like, you're not supposed to agree with him. He's he's saying and doing <laughs> yeah. all these 
ridiculous, horrible things. Yeah, but although we live in a culture now where people watch a movie and they're like, hey, this character is a terrible person. And it's like, yes, that is the point. That character is a terrible person. That's the plot. I brought that up because every single person who said that they were offended by the joke had a My Little Pony avatar. Oh. <laughs> oh. Got him. I I like I think My Little Pony is a good show like uh at least from the epi- I saw like a couple episodes from the first season I was like this is cute. I like this. But it's just like when that's the only thing people watched back then it's like okay it's the same thing. I JoJo's. feel the reason why My Little Pony was popular is it was just you know a basic uh well-made Cartoon Network show but it happened to have like this ir- irony to it of just like look i'm watching a girl show and it's actually good showed y'all you know yeah yeah no i agree entirely i i think that's dumb but like yeah i get it i get how it happened and why it happened i don't have anything against it or its fans you know even the people who who i i said i felt were offended by a, a joke that i felt entitled to make you know i i never uh you know, I, I don't feel like it's necessary for people to like the same things and you could still be friends with them or, um, you know, I, I certainly never made videos or jokes with the intention of upsetting anybody. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'd like to get to a situation where, you know, people don't necessarily have to make fun of each other for, for liking things that they consider I don't like using the word, but cringy, you know. Look, sometimes you have to give themselves a uh, superiority complex over the TV shows they watch because they got nothing else going on, you know. They need to feel they need to feel justified in the content they watch because that's the only thing they can like attach to their identity. Yeah, that's all they have, and they're nothing without that. They're fucking worthless. You know, I, you know, I had a, I think the first opportunity I had over Instant Messenger to talk to Jonah Vasquez, and I was really into Invader Zim at the time. I was oh, also yeah. really into Evangelion at the time, and I must have, he must have gotten so annoyed by me going on so many Evangelion tangents. <laughs> I was around, I was around, teen sixteen at the time, and so, yeah, I've, I've, I've been the person who. You know, looking back, I think, oh, I must have been so annoying and people were being so polite to me. And I still worry about that. Like, you know, I mentioned at the job, like I I learned afterwards on a couple of occasions from other people that like, oh, the oh, I I must have been I I must have been bothering this person. And there was the absolute worst uh, occasion I found out, like HR got involved and, you know, there. I can understand what I did wrong now. It was nothing sexual, nothing insulting, but it was a really weird situation. And it was something that was like, oh, pe- people don't do this. And uh, and there were some coincidences involved. But, uh, you know, what what I was told was never to interact with this person again. And uh, I, I felt so... I, I, I've been there too, man. Fuck. It feels like you're, I'm talking to somebody who gets me. <laughs> Well, I I just want to uh, finish saying this one thing fast. Like I I I was worried after that point that I couldn't work anymore. Like, is this the end of my career? Because like I, you know, I I didn't think that I didn't think that it was something like, uh, you know, it's not like it was going to ruin my reputation. But I felt so bad about making the person so uncomfortable and not be able to resolve it. Uh, just, just oh, I 
I'm like I, I didn't feel able to work for the next couple of days because I felt so nauseous with grief, uh, and you know, like you know, so so it it ended up on the other animators to do my work for me, and I felt awful about that. Uh, eventually, I came back, and there's you know, there's shot of sad chubby Webers that felt like. Even when I got back, that's all I felt able to work on was that one shot, like channel my grief into that. And, uh, and, uh, but, you know, when it, when it happened, like later at CTN Expo, I showed, I showed my reel to Eric Goldberg and he laughed at the shot. And <laughs> so that was probably the most, like that, that was so gratifying to me that Eric Goldberg laughed at something I, I did. Oh, wasn't I mean, Eric Goldberg at Momocon last year? thought he was who's eric goldberg he's an animator isn't he like for disney he's he's yeah he's the animator from disney's renaissance era who's still there i I regret not asking him but he apparently worked on the uh genesis games of aladdin those look amazing i wouldn't be surprised it's like they really push what like the genesis could do just like you you've have you guys seen oh no have you seen the genesis game of aladdin how it uses like real animators for the sprites um i think we all have like it's very yeah. impressive that they like that disney did that even like that animators like wanted to work on a game it, it's weird to me though i still prefer the super nintendo game as far as gameplay goes i've never played either one but i wanted to i remember seeing commercials as a kid and i was like i've only played the genesis version yeah really uh, look you get the sword I, I mean, I, they're dramatically different because like you said the sword mm-hmm um, and it's probably just a preference of what you grew up with. I grew up with the Super Nintendo version and really, really enjoyed that. Though, though it has the most impossible level ever, the Cave of Wonders oh, is a part where there's like lava yeah, coming through. Fuck that! That was awful. So, like, apparently, um, games in that era, they had one level designed specifically to fuck over people who rent games. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, you know, right. a lot of people could just play through a whole game in a weekend and that sucks for sales so they would have one level that's really difficult so that you would have to rent the game multiple times to defeat it oh man for the lion king it was uh i just can't the i just can't wait to be king segment I, with that fucking monkey that level's impossible fucking, you had to jump over the with an ostrich i fucking hate that i don't understand you how know what i really love that. about the uh yeah. well you know i never played them back in the day but you know i'm familiar with them now i love that aladdin you know he has a sword and he just straight up kills people <laughs> yeah fuck him uh i i was actually talking about this um in a call either earlier today or last night but i'm a huge fan of the game series sly cooper mm-hmm. and playing it like uh after the fact like with the mind of an adult i just kind of realized this, these games are actually kind of fucked up because a lot wow. of the plans involve like just straight up murdering people gotta do what like, you gotta do like one of them is like um you play as the character bentley and you have to use these old like um death traps in like these ancient tombs to kill guards and then harvest their souls what this is a real thing what? this is a real wow. thing that happens in sly cooper and it's fucked and nobody My ever is you remember huh? that level in shadow the hedgehog where you're supposed to assassinate the president what? <laughs> that's right no you're no yeah uh, nicholas is right there's a level where the president is trying to escape via an airship and you have to keep shooting at the airship until it explodes and kills the president <laughs> oh, my, favorite, my favorite line in the whole game like uh black doom says 
Even though the craft does not show signs, it is taking damage, I assure you. <laughs> Look, they didn't know how to show, like, damage. It was too... It costs extra to put, like, a smoke effect or whatever, you know? I just oh. find it really funny that, like, there's a game that came out in 2005 during the Bush administration <laughs> where you oh. try to assassinate the president of the United Classic. States. Yeah. This... You're too slow. You're too slow, Mr. President. I'm going to fucking kill you. This is what you get for inciting a fake war. This reminds me of, in the video game Drake of the 99 Dragons, one of the worst Xbox games ever that looks like a Bruce Timm cartoon, uh, there's a scene where you have to derail a uh, subway, and the subway gets off the rail and crashes and explodes, and then it's just... And you do that just to open a door, like open a wall, and you, you... you just killed a bunch of innocent people, but you harvest their souls also. You're the good guy in this game, by the way. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, oh, wow. Why were late 2000s games so fucked up? Damn. I don't know. Like, so many games were like T-rated, like the Incredibles game. Or, but I guess that was because you could throw people into lava and stuff. Wait, what? Even after the E10 rating, the Incredibles was rated T? That's... Oh, no, I, I think, think it, it might have been before. Yeah. A lot the of E10 rating the came out like... Was... Shadow the Hedgehog was originally going to be T, and then the E10 rating yeah. happened, and so Shadow was like, "Oh, we we can edit out the word piss and and change the blood to green, and so it's E10 now." Yeah, but it's, it's the most hardcore. The Shadow E10 the Hedgehog game. game. The Shadow the Hedgehog game feels like um, the Ninja Turtles movie when like Raphael just screams, "Get back here! I'm not finished with you." <laughs> We're going straight to hell. This is it for you, Doctor. You're yeah. going straight to hell. This is this was such a and strange. Then Shadow kills him. Oh, you see this Shadow was... kill him. Feels so edgy compared to M-rated stuff because it's skirting the edge of what you would assume it would do. It really yeah. does feel a lot edgier than like M-rated games. It's funny, like, it's, how that works. It's just, like, it doesn't feel... You don't feel where it's supposed to be, like, is it for kids or for teens? It doesn't really have a place. It was for uh, Americans. It, it seems like... It was supposed to be, you know, Americans like guns and motorcycles and stuff, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... Well, Shadow the Hedgehog feels more like it was aimed to be a certain rating versus it got graded a rating based off the content. Hmm. Yeah, well, they, was, they, they, after the fact, they like changed some of the content so they could get that rating. Unless that's what you're saying, and I misunderstood. No, I'm saying like uh, most games, like say Mortal Kombat, isn't necessarily going. Man, we really want an M rating. They're just making a game that happens to be super violent, and of course, it gets an M rating. Versus Shadow the Hedgehog, felt like half the statement was, "We're going to make an adult version." Yeah. You know? The Family Guy game for the PS2, it uh, you know it got an M rating, but it won. You can hear. Ryan say we're aiming for a T rating. Oh. It's it's understandable that they were you know like uh he, he was you know doing a cheer like give me an F, give me a U, give me a C get oh that's right, we're going for a T rating. Oh. Uh, it didn't work. Whoops. As well have gone all out. Base yeah, should have. Um yeah. that reminds me of how Shadow the Hedgehog was conceived though, which is a really fucking funny story. It's very short, but basically, um if what I've heard is true. Azuka got a fan letter from a kid saying, Sonic should have a gun. And he thought, well, Sonic can't have a gun, but Shadow can. 
and then the first trailer was released for April Fools, like when oh. Sonic was inducted into the video game Hall of Fame. I don't know if that's a real thing, but you know, and I, um, there was an anniversary trailer about you know, hey, it's Sonic's twentieth or whatnot anniversary. I don't, you know, it wouldn't have been twentieth, but you know, whatever 15. anniversary it was. Yeah, and so they showed footage from all these earlier games, and then you know, was shooting up the screen and rock music starting up. Yeah, everybody and everybody thought it was an April Fool's joke, and then they had to go. No, no, this is real. We're serious. It was was like before the fucking Diablo uh, thing, where the guy goes, "Is this a late April Fool's joke?" (laughs) Nope, we're you guys don't have phones. All right, hear me out. Yeah, Mario Odyssey DLC, Mario gun. Yeah, Mario gets a gun. I mean, Mario already's gotten a gun with a rabbits. He turns into a tank. He can do that. Oh, that's true. Okay, you know what? My joke's done. He's, I'm out. I'm gonna leave. He has a tank. My last he has podcast. a tank, and he can. He's occupying New Donk City. So yeah, Mario oh, had man. a gun as far back as Yoshi Safari. Oh, oh, yeah, true. No, that was Yoshi. Did, wait, is Mario no, the playable you, character? You yeah. ride Mario. I mean, you ride Yoshi. You can actually shoot Yoshi in the back of the head in that. Fuck yeah. No, <laughs> assassination style. JFK no. style, you mean? I, I was going to say execution style, but JFK style works. That's a good no, classic. No, that's Lenny style you're thinking of. What's Lenny style? You tell him about the rabbits and then you shoot him in the back uh, of the head. Of course. Tell, tell me about the rabbits. <laughs> the rabbits. <laughs> no, the rabbits recreate the scene from uh, uh, Of Mice and Men. Wait, okay, so I, I'm looking at Yoshi's Safari because I didn't know Mario was playable. And apparently there's a character called Prince Pine. Prince Pine? How is he not a reoccurring character? He sounds like name? a daddy. <laughs> I own Yoshi's Pine. Safari, but I never had a super scope, so I could never actually play it damn that's sad i'm sorry dude yeah and now i don't have you know a crt screen television so i couldn't play it anyway yeah i know there was a kickstarter to make a like a new light gun that works on all tvs and i'm curious how's that gonna work for individual consoles well it's honestly kind of shocking that yoshi safari didn't make it into the virtual console but just using the wii remote yeah that'd be great i feel like what they would do is just have multiple like uh cables just like plug them in or something like <laughs> it'll look like one of those phone chargers from the 2000s where it plugs into like literally every brand of phone yeah <laughs> what isn't it true that like they ba- like the government had to step in and go this is fucking ridiculous stop this right yeah, now it was creating too much waste so it's like please stop this and and it in like a in the united states in the current century that just sounds very far-fetched to me yeah. that they care well, about waste I, look, I'm right now. I'm just very thankful that modern consoles basically have the same outputs, the same HDMI, and the same uh, plug to the electricity. You know, I mean, Most I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, I'm shocked. I'm genuinely like, shocked. Let's just accept this. We just gotta, we just gotta like be thankful and just not question it. Otherwise, they're gonna be like, you know what? Let's take out that regulation. Everyone has a different connector now. Fuck y'all. Donald Trump. Sort of everyone, you get a connector by birth. Oh. Yeah. What were you saying, Nicholas? This has reminded me of something. Okay, so you know the Elf cartoon from the '80s. There was <laughs> an episode written. I, I want to say by David Silverman. I I don't remember who actually wrote it, but it was a takeoff on Rapunzel. You know what? I'm I'm gonna look up who wrote it because it was someone involved with The Simpsons. Yeah. Is that important to the story? 
Like, is it like a secret big conspiracy? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's uh, okay. Hold on. Elf rap. Unzel. Uh, so the episode was about. Oh, the evil queen owns all the TV stations. And so it's about how, hey, the FCC is coming in and limiting her to to only owning one station on the TV. And, uh, you know, it was it was sort of pro FCC propaganda, which I thought was amusing. You know, recently that restriction recently that restriction on owning stations was rescinded, I, I think, for. You know, certain big companies want to own a bunch of stations, and now they can. Uh, so it's it's amusing seeing that Alf episode being so, uh, so yay FCC doing this good thing when that good thing isn't there anymore. It's really strange. What the hell? What is the what is this world we're living in? It's a nightmare. I want to look ride. I'm look up that episode. Yeah, it's Elf Tales season one, episode seven, mm. Rapunzel. Like it, it's Rapunzel, but it's rap. Oh. I, th- I guess that's the other thing I about think, it, like Elf rapping, because because that's the eighties. I think uh, Chalk Zone also had their own Rapunzel episode. Uh, have you seen the that Super Mario plausible. episode, Bad Rap? I mean, Is that, the, the voice actors for that just playing couldn't rap. It was amazing. Was that the Millie Vanilli episode? Oh, it's a totally different episode. Uh, I mean, Mario Brothers characters are rapping throughout it, or rather they're kind of talking in a rhyming way that doesn't fit the beat. It's really amazing. (laughs) I'd only remember the Mario episode, Mind Your Mummy Mario, where Mario gets mummified and it was solid, you know? No. I had a a, a VHS of the Christmas episode from Super Mario (laughs) World. Dave Christmas. Uh, Oog or Gar? Oogar? Oogar. replacement? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's um, getting on Izzy. It's Oogtar. You <laughs> you know, I'm sorry Oogtar. I don't remember. His working name was Bart Super Zan. Mario World. Oogtar's working name was Bart Zan. There Bart was an Zan. interview with one of the uh with one of the writers, and he said that he didn't recognize the name Oogtar, but looking at his script. There was a character named Bart Zan who fits that description. Oh, look, I, I, for obvious reasons, they couldn't use that. Okay, so they, the ALF episode was written by David Cohen, mm-hmm. I think. D- David, David X. Cohen? Cohen? Maybe. David X. Cohen? What the That's so Cohen? strange. Wow. I mean, it, it's political satire, so maybe kind of fits in with... <laughs> oh, that's how we did it before Futurama. That's on fucking ALF. Oh, what? Yeah, well, I mean, who who is the Simpsons guy who worked on uh, who worked on Fat Albert earlier? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, sorry. You know, when the Cosby allegations came out, he was saying, "Hey, I I worked on Fat Albert. He actually, Bill Cosby actually hired Fat Albert writers to write his doctorate thesis for him." His doctorate thesis. Yeah, wow. like on the on the Cosby Show, you know, it always credits him as Doctor William H. Cosby because What's... he got this honorary doctorate degree, but actually, his thesis that he wrote that got him the degree was written by Fat Albert writers for him. <laughs> Bill Cosby is such a fucking hack fraud. <laughs> what a lie! Now that kid's next door joke doesn't make sense. 
what because number five's dad was a bill cosby parody and he was also a doctor so now it's just like he's a fraud he's a goddamn lie also he's a rapist but you know like what's more important what's more important clearly there's an episode of fat albert i guess like you know you think of it as a 70s show but it went on into the 80s and there's an episode about computer hackers and bill cosby lectures kids about Kids don't hack computers. It's, <laughs> okay. It's amazing. I won't, I won't do that in the fucking 80s when there aren't really any computers that people are using besides the ColecoVision or whatever. Well, I guess, you know, maybe war games came out and they're like, oh, oh shit. kids kids can cause nuclear war. We better, oh, fuck. we better stop this. Who better to tell kids not to hack computers than Bill Cosby? Yeah, I gotta listen to that guy. Shit. I wonder, like, if we had widespread internet like we do now with Y2K, what would have that been like? Imagine how many people were like, I know how to stop Y2K, delete System 32. Oh, no. I wonder Shit. if that happened. Like, I mean, it was the 90s, so, like, they pro- there were probably message boards. I wonder if somebody was like, here's how to stop Y2K, delete. Oh, there were chain emails. You know, that's of how course. stuff was spread back then about, you know, hey, yeah. forward this to a thousand people and and you'll get and Bill Gates will give you a dollar for every person who gets it. You know, that stuff was oh, everywhere. Yeah. Well, what's the point of chain emails anyway? Like, what did you stand to benefit from send, just mass sending? You shit? didn't. But, you know, they they propagate themselves, you know, virally is just like like genes in DNA, you know, that there are things that catch on and spread. So just for their own sake, they're like living organisms, except without any benefit to anything. That was very profound, solid snake. Well, I mean, it's Richard Dawkins' meme theory, you know, it's the whole thing. They're they're memes. Memes, Colonel. I want to find out about the memes. Exactly. Snake, you cannot search up more memes. Epic fail, Colonel. Huh. Bro, Colonel. you just posted cringe. Colonel, you just posted cringe. You're going to lose subscriber. I'm sorry, I just love Metal Gear. <laughs> I wonder where Deeper Cut is now. Dead. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! What 9,000? That, that's the thing about, like, when I look at back at YouTube Poops I made in 2007... Uh, the thing I regret most is including stuff like it's over 9,000 and things like that. You know, I was I was using them in a way that I felt was different from what other people were doing. But <laughs> now it doesn't matter. It just all sort of blends together. Oh, you YouTube poop auteur. Uh, Look, it was a different time. We just accepted it, you know. Yeah, the, the one that I never liked and, uh, you know, no, no, nothing against you if you did like it, but I never could stand the what the fuh boom thing. I used that in a video, well, in a video recently, the Sonic X video, don't judge you me. Did, I saw, I saw, yeah. yeah I'm not judging a, you, I, I, I'm just, I don't like the thing itself, and so, you know, when I made uh, Link gets, like, Morshu accidentally gives Link plastic surgery instead of bombs, uh, I don't remember the exact title now, but, you know, I specifically, I took the original source files and, you know, like it came from an extended, what the fuck did you do to me? Holy fucking shit type thing. And I just, and I had the beeping there and I had it wind down. So it seemed like I was going to do the boom thing, but didn't. And, uh, 
Oh. And uh, that, that was one of my favorite things that I did. Yeah, it's a, it, look, it's a classic. You can't pranked. deny this. You just got pranked, bro. It's right up there with um, what other memes that were popular at the time, you know? Yes. Spaghetti. Spaghetti is still funny. Yeah. Spaghetti is still funny. That's food we all eat. I mean, yes. the, just the, you know, the, the term for for overused YouTube poop sources is spadinner based on the uh you know the the idea of people who you know back then there was a lot of people not quite editing on the right sound so i hope she made lots of but dinner you know that sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. i loved that i remember yeah, I, think... I miss tr mario stuff he uh stopped doing stuff and went on to do other things but his poops were top tier 10 out of 10 yeah. we need the uh where are they now you two poopers where's i am the gang where is he? Gabe Chan has been working on a single thing for the past several years. He's been working on a crossover between Goof Troop and Azumanga Dayo. What? Are you... What? Yeah, for, for for over three years now, Gabe Chan has been working on this really advanced <coughs> crossover between Goof Troop and Azumanga Dayo, where the Azumanga Dayo girls help Pete to a pizza restaurant. Uh, the clips that he showed me are are pretty amazing, but it, you know I see some of the stuff that's like, man, that you know, no wonder this is taking forever. He's doing so much editing individual frames into the situations and <laughs> making whole backgrounds himself. Is this necessary? This this is like concentrated autism, <laughs> so, oh, but in a very good way. YouTube in a good prefer? way, yeah. But still, um, yeah, I I would assume he's good. I don't know. It's they're definitely not boring, but sometimes when I'm going to sleep, I just play one of Gabuchan's poops because they're long, and you know there, there's not really a plot. It's just weird effects and things like that, uh, jokes, and, and it's great to help me fall asleep because all of my troubles drift away. Focus on that. Yeah, that's a quote. That's a quote he says. Beautiful. Good job. The recent. Well, I guess like one of the more recent poops I made, the uh, Kirby inhales the Starlight Express and achieves locomotive apotheosis. That one was done deliberately to be more in the style of Gabu Chan's poops. I don't. I, I had no idea these people were still making stuff. I yeah, didn't know you were making stuff. I thought everyone kind of died or just you know. Well, this was a few years ago now, but it, it's one of the last things that I made before I got hired to do anything and didn't have time to do silly web stuff anymore. You got you have a real job, but uh, when did you get your start in the industry exactly? Twenty seventeen. Hmm. What was your I, first project? Oh, it was it was Hot Streets. I had oh. uh, an opportunity to meet with Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland for, well, really it was very de- deliberate planning on my part. You know, I saw for MST3K backers, you know, one of the prizes was a, uh, a dinner with uh, Dan Harmon and Justin <laughs> Roiland. And I felt like, you know, it was before the stuff about his terrible treatment of Megan Gans had come out. So I was a big Dan Harmon worshiper at the time. You know, I loved Community. I loved Rick and Morty. And there was... Same. uh, Hi. Uh, I could (laughs) finally hear you. Uh, Oh, I okay. I I was curious because, like, I I tried speaking a couple of times and I got kind of, like, dozed over because we were talking about old YouTube poopers and... Like, it wasn't a YouTube pooper, but I wanted to bring up this thing about, like, I saw uh, Bad Luck Brian, the old meme guy, like, a couple of years ago at a convention. Like, he had, like, a table and such trying to, like, 
make himself money off of his old fame. Oh, that's so sad. It's really surprising how you know, like um, you, you remember Bonus Stage, right, Matt Wilson? Yes. He, I think, you know, he still makes cartoons like Cartoon Saloon and such, and practically nobody seems to even notice them. You know, that sort of thing. No. And like, wow, you know, Bonus Stage was huge. It wasn't Homestar Runner huge, but it was like there was Homestar Runner, there was Happy Tree Friends. You know, th- there were those enormous, larger than anything things. And then within the people who watch Flash cartoons things, there was Bonus Stage, and that was one of the big ones. And uh, Matt Wilson's still doing stuff, but it, it's just practically impossible for that stuff to get noticed now yeah thanks youtube but yeah uh so how was dan Harmon? because like i used to be a really big fan of him like you said before he was extremely nice to me everybody was extremely nice to me i uh you know i owe him and especially justin so much and i still don't have anything bad to say about justin you know he he supported me so much he was he really pushed for you know it's really thanks to him that i i have a job because i well, I mean, I'm not employed now, uh, by the way, if you're listening and, and you want me to animate something for you, you know, oh. <laughs> free, like I, I've been doing freelance stuff since then, like the work at Yada and uh, on other, you know, on some other shows. It, it's been uh, freelance, but I live with my mom again. I lived in L.A. for a while and that was great. Um, There's no shame in living with your parents. Uh, no, it's just I, you know, I, uh, it'd be great if she didn't have to support me. Uh that's fair. Yeah, I know. I know that. I know that feel. I'm only just yeah. recently moved out, and it's still like super difficult. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I will hope the best of luck for you too. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what was I saying? Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, everybody that I've shown my reel to in person has seemed very impressed with it. Like Dan Harmon's words were. Uh, this is way too good for something someone shows you on a tablet at midnight because it was after midnight by the time I showed it to him and he was, you know, he was super drunk and like he outright told me I'm I'm too drunk to know what to do with this. So he called Justin over. Um, so, you know, big thanks to both of them. And, and they were so nice. They even recorded voice work for me. Like they improvised a little thing on the spot for for me to animate to. And uh, I haven't yet, like a- after the after the stuff, with Megan Gans came out, I felt like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I even, I don't know if I can use it because, I, you know, I felt sort of betrayed because the Dan Harmon, who was so nice to me and who had acted very woke and everything, didn't seem to have even acknowledged in his own mind. Well, it seemed like, I mean, I'm not an expert. I, I didn't really follow it too much, but I saw like he talked about it on his podcast and then she even responded with like, this is how you do it. Like, yeah, she, she, seemed to have she forgave him. him. Uh, but it's specifically that it was, you know, the Dan Harmon who I met was one who acknowledged yet that he had ever done anything wrong, you know, even to himself. Okay. Um, like, would you be able to do a new recording with him and feel more comfortable with it versus using the old one? Just plain don't know how to, how to approach it, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it's none of my business in a way. Humph! Jake, you're back! Shut your face! I came back for the music! Shut your face! Here's what you miss on Adventure Time! It's Mathematical! 
What do you think about Marceline and Bubblegum getting together? Does that leave Finn out in the dust, or is it just adorbs? Tell us what you think by commenting or leaving a voicemail at 917. Uh, there was one thing that I ever want uh, that I really wanted to say if I ever got a, a platform to do it. Uh, you remember when uh, mathematical that Adventure Time thing? You know that they, they fired uh, Dan Rickmers over that insinuating Marceline oh, and Bubblegum might have had a relationship. Yeah, it, yes. it's something that was controversial at the time, but it totally got forgotten. And um, and I'm quoting the what Adam Muto said directly. If it was just a fan video, there would be no problem at all. The problem was that it was made by a production company actively involved with the show. The video took something that was a possible subtext and declared it in effect text and made it seem like the production was actively seeking out input on plot development. Now, you know, like you think at the time, at the time it was pretty bad and homophobic because, you know, if it had been a, if it had been a straight relationship, they were suggesting might have happened. There's no way anybody would have gotten fired over that. But now looking back, especially seeing as, you know, that not only had, you know, like uh, Olivia, Olsen and Rebecca Sugar had both confirmed it, but then it made it into the final episode of the show. Like, you know, it's outright text now. I think yeah. that Dan Rigmers deserves a, a big apology from Fred Rader and Adam Muto and everyone. And uh, it's, you know, like this was controversial in its time. Like there was, there was a brouhaha about it, but everyone seems to have gradually forgotten. And uh, I would like if it were unforgotten and, and you know, th things were atoned in that regard. Yeah, that's super fair. Yeah, because I remember that controversy, and I was like, "Huh, no one's talking about that. No one remembers this." And you you brought it up of all people. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I I don't have much to add other than it's just a fucked up situation. I feel bad for the yeah. guy. Well, like a lot of companies are really quick to jump on the side of progressiveness once it becomes profitable, and then Agreed. you know, like. Like, yeah, it's just like all of a sudden, oh, okay, so it's cool to do this. It, it, it benefits us the most. Yes, we're 100% for this. It's always a money thing. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to really feel like anything's ever sincere. Everything's mm -hmm. always a money thing. I mean, you know, it's not yeah. that the writers, uh, like, you know, I, I'm sure the people uh, involved in, you know, it, like, I, I, I don't want to mention specific things because they, you know, it, it's sort of, they're all loaded and, you know, I bring up specific fans or detractors of them, but things that come off as especially woke or like they're trying to be woke. Uh, it, I don't doubt that the writers actually are passionate about that, but from the company's standpoint, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's like if you look at the press release for when Nickelodeon was making the, uh, making the Fred movie that just, it, it was saying, you know, kids love Fred and stuff like that. Nobody involved was actually saying that they, they themselves liked Fred. No, obviously the, the company just saw it as, profitable to make something with fred so that there's a lot that needs to be improved in in you know every industry but you know corporations do exist to make money that's you know they, they wouldn't argue with that that's legally what their purpose is and they have to do everything they can to make as much money as possible so the the important thing to consider is you know in the individual people working at companies can be great but you know the, the companies themselves they're not people, even if they pretend to be like, you know, you look at social media accounts for Wendy's or, or anywhere. It, it's it's not the company saying those opinions. It's, it's someone they hired to try to. Assume. Right. Well, they strategically f figured that uh, them saying a spicy hot take on some kind of issue 
um, the reaction to it's going to be beneficial, regardless if they lose a couple of customers who angry complain about it and become headlines, it will ultimately have more support at the end of the day. Right. The thing is they want to make themselves seem like friends and that means like people, but like, you know, just look at, at Disney, like, you know, practically nobody who worked at the company in the nineties works there. Now it's, it's not the same company. It just, they own the rights to the stuff that they used to. You know, that certainly nobody who was involved with Snow White or Pinocchio is, is still at Disney. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking stuff the companies make, nothing wrong with liking the people, but a company itself isn't, you know, it, it's, it's I, I think brand loyalty is something that is very insidious and, and not something that should be. I agree with that. Um, it's not the same, but similar. I used to teach at an art institute and the art institutes themselves are these money grubby for profit schools that are just, they're awful. But I, everyone, I all the faculty that actually legitimately cared about the students, like the faculty at the school that I went to and taught at, like the people there were fantastic. The people cared so much, put so much effort into it, but the institu- institution itself is just shit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's cogs, individual people that do care. So when you say something like, you know, a, a business doesn't give a shit, it, it's not to say that the people within it doesn't. It's just the name brand, the people that you, so, the, 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 the name you associate with it. Yeah. And that's the money. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the person writing those tweets for Wendy's is, is probably a underpaid, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing it because they like the food. They're doing it because they, they need to make money and it's what they're perceived as being good at. And, and you know, social the, scientist and the board of directors at Wendy's that hasn't watched any of the anime they're referencing. That's, you know, that's for sure. No! <laughs> Wendy's not really my waifu. You liar. Yeah. I refuse. Fuck? I, find, I find corporate, uh, corporate social media very fascinating because people are like, Oh, it's dishonest and trying to like create a bond with you. And I'm like thinking like, like advertising has always done that. So, like, you know, kind of like just an evolution of what's already been there. I just you find it funny that, like, people ago, are catching on now. You remember a few years ago when the word selfie was all over advertising? Like, maybe it was more than a few years ago, but I walked around the mall and, you know, there was like a Red Robin ad that said burgers you'd take a selfie with. And, and oh. we were looking in the, you know, one of the stores and there's a Disney princess gathered together that says hashtag selfie on it. And that sort of thing. Like, oh. you know, uh, Pool hunters see okay. The word selfie is in. Let's put it all over our ads. It, it's it's it, it it was like the you know like the equivalent of what totally radical was in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen like like uh, I think Snapchat sometimes has like a sponsored filter that like you know goes with some big thing that's happening at the moment, and people love it because it's a goofy little thing, but it's just a giant advertisement. People are sheep, is what I think we're getting at. I yeah. I was back. I, I guess like uh, in my preteens, so this would have been 2001, 2002, I was really into Neopets. And I remember every yes. once in a while they would have these gourmet items like Lunchables, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, that like gourmet foods have a special effect, that sort of thing. And, you know, it would be whoever was sponsoring at the time. So you'd have uh, Lunchables items that were classified as gourmet. <laughs> gourmet lunchables <laughs> my favorite okay so I, I guess this is a good a time as any to bring it up so you know Mewtwo Strikes Back being 
remade as uh, CGI, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for some that, reason, yeah. Well, I, it's it's because uh, um, it it's aimed at the American market and seen as oh, Americans only watch CGI movies now. They see that and uh, remakes are in. You know, look what Disney's doing with their remakes. So you know, of course, it's the profitable thing. But the director Kunihiko Yuyama had previously said that he was retiring from directing Pokemon movies. Uh, but then, you know, it's announced he's directing this one. So I think maybe OLM said we're making this movie regardless. So he felt like, you know, he, he wanted to do it himself. Um, but anyway, so the the writer, he used to be the head writer for Pokemon before he retired uh, due to ill health. And uh, he eventually died. But uh, Takashi Shudo had had, uh, had this whole blog about his career in the anime industry and some of the stuff that the producers of Pokemon had said were no, the really weird things like you may know about his original plan script for the third movie was uh, discovering a Tyrannosaurus fossil that comes to life. And it's this big thing for the Pokemon world because it proves that there used to be animals besides Pokemon that lived in this world. Oh, um, and uh, and the script was rejected by the producers because there was recently an anime movie about living cars that didn't do well at the box office, so it was felt that Minerals Coming to Life would not be a successful movie. <laughs> that was, that was I, the reason. That's a really I, stretch. I, yeah, I really love, like, First executives' time. thought processes on what makes something successful. Yeah. Because it's um, always, it's, like, well, 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 I, I, Wait, wait, wait. I want to talk about real Pokemon, or real animals being in Pokemon. They already exist. There's oh. a mongoose. Oh, uh, sure. so, like, okay, so uh, Shudo talked about that. Like, um, you know, in early episodes, they're... Um, you know, like fish. you'll see a worm, you'll see some fish, but those were animation errors. Uh, he <laughs> prefers if you think of them as Pokemon that look exactly like the real thing. So, you know, maybe yeah. they're ditto that remember what fish <laughs> used to look like. And the mongoose was ghastly doing a different form. I, I know, but it was just really funny that's like, ooh, Ekans. Well, their their predator is a mongoose. Oh, yeah. That's, it's like, what? <laughs> and it says mongoose, uh, or in the Japanese version, I guess. Uh, so I want to say that I am a, a fan of Takashi Shudo's work. His work before Pokemon, like, uh, like uh, I, and I'll outright recommend on here, the OVA Minky Momo Bridge Over Dreams is one of the best uh, one-off OVAs uh, I've ever seen. Um, so, uh, you know, he he was considered an especially good writer in Japan. And uh, and I think the Japanese version of the first movie is like it, it has way more depth to it than the American version. I think it's uh, especially good. You know, uh, he's um, um, he's written some stuff like uh, Go Shogun, the time at is considered a, a, a classic 80s anime. But uh, my point is he, you know, he, he's he was an especially thoughtful writer. And if, you know, if there were flaws with his work on Pokemon, it's that he put too much thought into theme and symbolism and such rather than making a, a story that was that would be um as streamlined uh, really like you know it's, it's certainly nobody who doesn't know about pokemon is going to understand them um but i i think that anyone who watches the uh, japanese version of mewtwo strikes back uh is keeping in mind certain you know there's a lot of subtext in there that's i, I think especially clever that didn't make it in and when i saw the CG version being made, it's like, oh, nobody's ever going to take this seriously now. Because it just looks, you know, like it, it, video games tend to look better now than that. Uh, yeah. Somebody in my server posted a picture of the new armored Mewtwo in the movie, and it looks like fucking bitch. It the, looks terrible. I mean, the you may, it, it's easy to forget, but the production design in the first movie, you know, it's gorgeous. Got a really gothic look to it. 
uh, it you does. Know, True. Things like the that uh, you know that ammonite looking thing that the clones come out of, you know, and they just sort of ooze out. Of, I mean, that was all that was all stuff, and and it's a very there's so much stuff in there that you would just never see in a western made movie. That uh, it'd be nice if you know. Of course, critics aren't gonna. Uh, noise that stuff, but but like if you look at in Japan on Japanese websites, there's if if there's ever a ranking of Pokemon movies, you know, it, it different things will always ranked in different spots. But Mewtwo Strikes Back is always mentioned as even adults won't be bored with this one, you know, that sort cool. of thing. But, um, so I I want to well, say okay. that so I was I, I, oh you go. Uh, I know you're talking about how great the movie is, but I actually had a conversation about it recently. Um, because I. Uh, on my road trip and I mostly mostly more of the joking side of things about the movie because the dub was interesting and um, I'm really curious about since this is basically a shot for shot remake but CGI for this reboot or remake um, I wonder if they're going to I'm assuming they're probably going to redub all the lines versus just reusing the old original um, voiceovers but there's so many like things that are very like um, I don't know impactful from the original like they them accidentally saying the wrong pokemon i think it's like slicer (laughs) but they say alec or alakazam instead oh it's like i i can't if they remake it i kind of still want that typo (laughs) i I hadn't thought about that that's interesting um and and then like dubbing has changed so much because in the original one because it was made for western kids and americanization localization was such a big thing um, you know, there's so many jokes added in, kind of like in Digimon the movie. Would they actually oh, go with all okay, the jokes don't, like don't, they did before, or so would they try I'm, to make it closer to the original I script? Am, uh, well, let me just finish what I was saying about Shudo, then I'll, I'll segue into that. So, um, Shudo, like his his health suffered badly, his his mental health suffered badly. Like he was he was very depressed because of the stuff that he was trying to do with Pokemon that he couldn't do. Um, you know, he struggled really hard to make it and a not a formulaic show and to do as interesting things as possible. And, and he was, uh, you know, that there was a lot of like, you know, after his script was rejected, he got really depressed and went heavily into drinking and that, that sort of thing. It's possible if it weren't for Pokemon, you know, maybe he'd still be alive today. You know, he died of a subarachnoid from smoking, but I don't know. And, you know, if you think about like, like Lauren Faust with My Little Pony, like the, the company's really, really run people through the ringers who if you get too passionate about something that's a corporate property then it's not going to end well for you as and it seems to be the sad lesson from that um so so uh with digimon uh mamoru hosoda i mean you you know that like the first or the american digimon movie that came that uh you know, it was made up of three different movies plus the end of July Anaconda segment. I am very happy to say that I had never seen the Digimon movie. Oh. I had never even watched uh, watched uh, Digimon as a kid. And so uh, as an adult or age 22, I was looking through it because I loved uh, the Crayon Shin-chan movie, the, the adult Tim Better Strikes Back so much. I was looking through other, uh, you know, franchise anime movies and I saw Hosoda's first short Digimon movie. And it was one of the most impactful things that like, Oh my god! It's like I had seen this really amazing feature-length movie that uh, was was done in twenty minutes. It had that much power, and I became a big Mamoru Hosoda fan after that. Uh, you know, his, his 
I think his work that he did at Toei, you know, he did on went on to do The Girl Who Left Your Time in Summer Wars and uh, uh, most recently uh, Mirai, which which I haven't seen yet. But um, uh, you know, he did a One Piece movie and he did episodes of uh, Magical Dora. Was it the movie Six? It was Baron no Matsuri and the Secret Island. That's movie six. And, and yeah, it was an allegory for his time at Ghibli. Original moving castle that he was fired and uh miyazaki re you know threw out all his work on it and uh so his one piece movie baron no matsuri and the secret island was uh sort of an allegory for his time working at ghibli with so uh, baron no matsuri himself representing miyazaki so what you're telling me is that baron no matsuri and the secret island is just a giant fuck you to um uh, <laughs> miyazaki it's not just that, but you know that's certainly a part of it. Uh, according, like you know, he's not Legendary. the credited script writer, but according to the script writer, Osuda didn't follow his script, and uh, I think that's, uh, uh, you know, like you look at a lot of his stuff and I feel like, oh, you know, the, this is, even though he's not credited as a script writer here, he he's definitely the one responsible for the story. Like if you look at Reiko Yoshida's Digimon works that Osuda didn't do, and the works that did then it's obvious that, that that it's pretty much mostly or all him in terms of the story um for those that are interested um i again you could search it uh what he's saying i couldn't remember the japanese of it but i just refer to it as one piece movie six it's a really good film like especially for a one piece film and it, you could pretty much watch it stand alone and still get a full enjoyment of it. I highly recommend it. The animation is fantastic. In I'd it. say it's a good oh, vertical yeah. slice of one piece. If you're ever wondering what I like one piece, watch movie six. I think that's Ooh. like a very good, like, uh, I guess just like it, it captures every tone and like, uh, sort of like, you know, just what one piece is about really. And tonally in like one movie, it's really good. But it There's is like very a pseudo battle. Yeah. There's like there's like a pseudo battle with Sanji cooking and like I think he's using like giant butter things. It's like ice skates. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. So uh, another thing like this segues into my impression again. That I had I had taken the uh, Hosoda's uh, work and especially his Digimon movies were were so important to me that when it came out like a, a, a newer translation of an interview he did regarding episode 21 that there was uh, an implied incestuous subtext between Ikai Uh-oh. and Taichi. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw it, but like that, that was a real harsh blow to me because it, you know, it's like, I had just thought of it as such a pure brother sister thing. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that this stuff shouldn't be ever done in fiction, but maybe not with children in, in stories that are made for children. Are you talking uh, about the Digimon uh, incest thing? Yeah, episode twenty-one. Like he said. Oh yeah, no, he, that's fake. Yeah, don't worry. No, that's it's fake. not. Like it, it was. I, I specifically, I thought it was fake, and so I bought the book that the interview was in and had it professionally translated. And it's no, it's it's true. The whole interview Whoa. was translated and po- posted on. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I don't remember the name of that. It's a wave motion canon, I think. Um, but you know, I, I gave him the scans of the book because I was so sure that it was like, I needed to know for sure that this is fake. I was like, oh no, this confirms it. No. Uh, it, so I, I really, I felt so betrayed by Hosoda there as you know, I felt like, you know, in, in like bad times or like, oh, this thing sucks. Okay. But, but at least, 
at least his his Digimon movie is there and it's so perfect and it's sort of something that I can aspire to with my work. And it's like, oh, no, it's just, oh. But uh, you guys want to get into the questions? Actually, I have one here sure. from at uh, Greenwing Spino. I think that's how you pronounce it. Thoughts on Gendy Tartakovsky's new adult series, Primal. Ah, yeah, Primal. What I'm excited. Yeah, I'm it looks, excited. Yeah, this isn't a problem with this thing specifically. It, it's in general. I wish we would ever have or scientifically accurate dinosaurs in anything. Uh, you know, it, it's like <laughs> okay, that's like fair. When, that, that is, when individual things like don't do it, it's like oh, you know, that it's like it's like the Bechdel test. You know, it's like it's not a problem if one individual thing fails it, but the problem being everything fails it. Like, mm-hmm. why, why, we need better dinosaur representation. <laughs> Agreed. Just, you know, everything stopped at Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was so big that everything is only ever dinosaurs as portrayed in Jurassic Park from then on. I mean, <laughs> Jurassic Park Other was that, scientifically yeah. accurate before the time, and then we yeah. learned about it, and now it's people are like... Fraud. Yeah. That, well, I mean, how many people actually know that dinosaurs have feathers? I mean, like, I know it seems relatively common, but I don't know. It, it seems like general audiences still have the idea that the t-rex from jurassic park is accurate yeah and that's why it keeps getting reused yeah it's just it's what's in popular consciousness it's it's what people you know it, it's the comfortable thing to draw <laughs> shorthand you know it's what people instantly recognize yeah but a visual shorthand yeah it's just a lot easier Primal looks really cool the new adult swim show by gendy tartakovsky whenever that's coming out it looks Angular it looks as hell looks cray-cray. From what I've heard, it's, the backgrounds are fantastic. From what I've heard, it's just gonna. There's gonna be no dialogue. It's just gonna be completely silent in hmm. terms of like, di- like. What is talking. this? Nineteen twenty-six. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I would love. I I love everything Gendy has done. Like I'm just like. Well, I mean, y'all know mm. what I would say, but I'm not gonna say yeah. it. No, say it. Say it. No. Yeah, what's your thoughts on symbiotic titan <laughs> uh, i miss it yeah. <laughs> okay nicholas we've we've been um throughout this conversation it's been shown that we mesh very well so far so i need to ask have you seen symbiotic titan yes or no yes <gasps> my love i'll tell i'll tell you something that uh when i was this isn't about Symbionic Titan, but I, I kind of have to bring it up as a segue. When I was at Stupid Buddy, I, all the high up people, I'd ask, are you ever going to make more Titan Maximum? And they would say, no, probably not. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's not a never thing. The, the one thing that nobody had heard of when I brought it up was Robotomy. Oh, I know that. Not a, not a single person even knew what I, robotomy was it, i remember it just robotomy. Showed up randomly like i remember i was watching like these new shows regular show at adventure times like oh yeah these are some good cartoon network shows and then i i just saw like coming up next lapjack followed by robotomy and i was like what the fuck's robotomy it just came out of nowhere and just disappeared this was right when cartoon network was doing it's we're aiming this r- strictly at boys thing and you know they wanted to sort of segue into adult swim and so it's this really like it, it comes off as super edge lord by now standards. You yeah, know, it, it seems to exist specifically to be as close to super jail type stuff as possible. Pretty much, it was super jail for kids. But I'll yeah. see. Any next question? Um, hmm. Ooh, if anyone wants to choose one, stop fucking booing, Jesus right. Christ! Um, I saw one that was uh, by 
gummy sticks. What's your favorite cereal? Raisin Brand. Urkelos. What? Wait, what? What? Uh, Nicholas, what? Have you seen cereal? the Urkelos commercial? It's it's <laughs> oh, it's no. based on Urkel from Family Matters or whatever yeah. it was. You know, Jaleel White does the song, and it, you know, obviously it's just like a Fruit Loop type thing. It it has nothing to do, you know, it doesn't have any marshmallow shapes, but it, it's just, it's there, and it's... I like Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, I, I'll just take Raisin Bran, you know, it's healthy, I guess. Like, right now, I, I guess, like, the most recent cereal I bought was Trix. Uh, I think I think the Trix rabbit is really manipulative, like, you know, make, make kids feel sorry for the rabbit friends. Yeah. That, that is <laughs> I mean, he's a monotion- I mean, emotionally manipulative. I mean, but, like, you're buying the cereal to eat for yourself. You can't give it to the Trix rabbit. So, like, you're just perpetuating the cycle if you buy. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, don't believe his lies. Trix rabbit tri- is an in- I bet the Trix rabbit is an incel. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely a cereal cop. Virgin Trix rabbit versus Chad Captain Crunch. Ooh. I'd be into that. I also, oh, okay, so this is, this is stupid, but... Um, one time I, I was sitting with a friend and I was eating Captain Crunch with him and like I took the first bite and just started screaming what? in pain, like jokingly. And like he legitimately thought I was hurting what? because of the whole joke about uh, Captain Crunch destroying the roof of your mouth. What? It's not a joke. What are you I talking? mean, if you ever eat that without, if you haven't let no. it sogged for a bit, then it really scratches you up. Ah. <laughs> yeah, Cap- Captain Crunch is fucking awful. It's like a D-tier cereal. I love it. I love the peanut butter crunch. Well, okay. yeah, but you love the peanut butter and not because of the crunch. Like It's true. Cheap. I do really love peanut butter. Like, you could get Reese's Puffs. You could get, like, you could just make, like, peanut butter bagels. I love, like, smearing some Irish butter and then some peanut butter on a bagel and then just, like... Oh, my God. I want a bagel so bad. I want I want a fucking bagel right now. Like, guys, who, guys do you want to just fucking stop with uh, the podcast? Let's all go get fucking bagels. I want an everyday bagel with, like, ham and cheese in the middle, but the cheese is slightly melted. Oh. Izzy, we need to fucking, like... We need to, like, network here, like... No, please. Here's a, here's a question by uh, Let's get bagels at Momo. Platinum Deluxe says, "Whatever happened to that deal between Walrus Guy and G Four? I've heard something about that. What? I I've, I haven't heard anything about that. No, there was no deal with G Four <laughs> and Walrus Guy. Sadly, I, I remember there was a deal for uh, G Four and um, Epic Meal Time, but that fell through. And then they went to like some fuck off channel that nobody knows about." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait, that happened? Oh, wait, are they thinking... Oh, no, wait. I, I, There was a Machinima's Happy Hour happy thing. Treatments? Maybe they're thinking of that. Hmm. I guess. I, I got contacted I, I by... Is. got contacted by Machinima to make a, a cartoon for Happy Hour. After, okay, so you know that Mario meets Patrick Star thing. Like I, I made that originally, and I only posted it on Newgrounds. So of course, it got posted a bunch unauthorized on YouTube because you, you know you just yeah, yeah. can't keep stuff <laughs> off YouTube. And it became popular recently, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, it, it was just this short, silly, ten-second thing that I made. So, you know, it's not even my own characters. So I'm, you know, I'm not all that upset to see it get spread around like that. But um, yeah. you know, after I made that. Machinima asked me, hey, you want to make cartoons for our happy hour thing? And 
and they were offering like you know it's like two thousand dollars for a single cartoon if you if you give them all the rights and i thought oh finally my my troubles are over i um but uh you know that like i would present them ideas and uh and it became clear pretty quickly that they weren't even looking at them that they were just pretending to and uh it was like oh good uh, these people don't actually know um like you know i'm I'm sure i could have made money off it but like i've screwed myself over by not taking money from things that i felt gross about and i'm probably gonna keep growing myself like we gotta sell out we need money you know it's like that real big fish song sell out as uh, as played by in the in the game uh disney's extreme skate oh no like i i can say this and, and i think anyone who's interested in this sort of thing, even if they've never watched hot street, interesting. Like, um, so, uh, the, one thing that I didn't know is that shows are assigned ratings, like, you know, TV 14, the show is told your, your TV 14. Uh, it's, it's not like they make episodes and then it gets rated based on that. They're told you're going to be TV 14 and make it based on that. <clears throat> Same was true with Rick and Morty, but, uh, Rick and Morty, because it got so popular, basically gets to be a TVMA show with, you know, like with with it's like regardless of how bloody it gets, it still gets to be TV fourteen. But uh, hot streets, like there was stuff like okay, blood has to be green in certain situations, or the one situation where it felt like it ruined a joke was when a character, was, you know, Bransky was saying, mentioning a character's blood all over my face after I shoot you, and then he shoots the character, and there's no blood. Um, and you know, that was a network thing for TV 14. It's like, oh, it, it just kind of ruins the joke. Um, uh, it's, and, and then I see the season three premiere of Rick and Morty and, you know, doing a Mad Max parody and, and there's really well animated fluid blood everywhere. It's like, oh, Hey, look what they get to do. That's, that's oh, not fair. Damn. Um, yeah. but one thing that I had heard that was hilarious is that the, uh, Rick and Morty back around the first season they were uh you know they were told no you can't do this uh but justin roiland uh, uh, would bring in uh, you know show them family guy episodes they aired last night look what you just this episode of family guy you just showed did did this a lot worse so uh you know they they would get to do it in rick and morty based on that yeah it's kind of like the standard standards and practice thing that happened with uh alex hirsch on gravity falls where they're like you can't have them play spin the bottle and Alex Hurst try looking for, through a bunch of like Disney sitcoms trying to say, hey, you you did it here, but he just couldn't find it. Uh, OK, so uh, what one of the first ones is uh, to Walrus Guy, many of your old poops excelled at minimalism. So what are your thoughts on more and more YTPs becoming oversaturated with video effects evolution? There was a lot of stuff. I, I think every style is is worth worthwhile there's a lot of interesting stuff to be done minimalistically and there's a lot of interesting i mean the, the reason they were minimalistic is that uh th- the video software i was working with was was flash you know macromedia flash at the time uh so you know i didn't have access to the after effects and sony vegas things that people are doing now and uh in many cases that worked well for them but in many cases i uh I feel like, oh, I, I wish I'd been able to push it further or I, I you know, I, I like seeing I like seeing things be able to go further than was possible at the time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. video editing back then wasn't as well, I guess all I had personally was just uh, Windows Movie Maker. And what did you use back then? I started off just using Flash. 
Um, and mm. you know, like uh, the, the the genre now flash food, but back at the time when I'd only made Link Gets Cancer and uh, the Mario and Luigi Travel Through Time Saga, there was big controversy over on the official YouTube poop website. Like, uh, you know, a matter of you know people saying these aren't YouTube poop. And what I had seen, and I don't think it's up anymore, but it was a poop called Link Plus Dinner Equals Disaster. And that may have been the first ever YouTube poop that had an overarching story, like the whole thing being <laughs> a story to it. And that was what I wanted to do, like tell stories, like taking these things and form them into ridiculous new stories. And, you know, maybe sort of have some of my own animation in them, but mostly using existing footage. And to a lot of people, that just wasn't what YouTube poop was. And, you know, things have evolved a lot since then. That's a very common thing to do now. Um, but just the you know the concept of what people think of youtube poop as as a whole has evolved um and uh you know it's interesting to look at museum stuff from the 1930s through 1970s like oh hey this is this is youtube poop but before youtube you know <laughs> editing stuff in incoherently um, i mean you're not wrong oh man I just remembered. I want to. I want to. Can I tell like a really small YouTube poop story? Go ahead. So, like, I had a student in one of my classes. Um, I, I tend to show videos of different cartoon shows uh, as references to like animation, and uh, this particular student didn't quite grasp that and just thought I was just showing random shit. <laughs> and uh, he, he was just kind of like, "Well, if you're going to show videos, show this one." And he like, you know, I, I searched. And I'm like, "Okay, fine." And we play it in this awkward video of like Kingdom Hearts scenes that are randomly clipped from each other. So, you know, be like, <laughs> Sora, we are friends. Uh, you know, like, you know, just random things to recreate a different sentence. Oh. And, and, then, and then also awkwardly, it was a weird mix, mix up of like Kingdom Hearts and Hogan's Heroes of all things. Was it a Pooh's Adventures of Kingdom Hearts? Probably I something like know. that. But. Uh, you know, and I'm just like, did you just leak me to a YouTube poop? And he was like, no, I would never do that. And I'm like, but this is what this is. And um, and he just got really angry and he just didn't like the word poop. Oh, um, but he's like, you know how I know it's not a YouTube poop? Because I made it. Whoa. Like, did you just, it's did a you stone, just... Luigi. You didn't make it. <laughs> it, it was just this awkward exchange of him like one not only did he tell me to watch a video under the pretense that that's a video he found so he could get my legit opinion of it which is just sneaky and then secondly i had to educate him on youtube poop so um this particular guy really loved pbs shows like like just really obsessed with pbs uh like every cartoon he referenced was like cyber chase or arthur or something Mm-hmm. And he hated all the shows that I referenced, which was like stuff on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Damn. Very religious kid. Yeah. And um, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, you love PBS. And so at the end of the class, I played uh, PBS's Idea Channel because they had a whole series on YouTube poops. Oh, and he just got really angry with me because like it's because it's, it had the word poop you know like you keep saying poop you can't talk about youtube poops without saying poop that's why i especially loved the idea of oh i wish i had gone to dr rap had to keep saying the word poop in court oh. <laughs> um but one thing i do um i do have to say about that idea channel video that you know I, there's a lot that's flawed about idea channel like that evangelion video like it says ano said the show is meaningless he never said that kazuya not even one of the uh, secondary staff people had said that there's no religious meaning 
in Evangelion, which is totally different from saying the show has the show is meaningless. Uh, but anyway, in the YouTube poop thing, the the guy I don't remember his name, but you know the host was saying that in a way, uh, YouTube poop will always be unsuccessful because it'll always read as footage from different things. But you know, one that's not even the goal. But two, I, I saw you know he was showing this uh, clip on the side, you know, with the audio off, but it was you know this uh, thing, but the the king's unreasonable demand. <laughs> was the clip he was showing and i could so hear the audio in my mind but like i think of this as a plot of the king's unreasonable demands where duke Conklin has to go have sex with mario and luigi or the king will give him mercy He's like well maybe duke Conklin will invite us over for a picnic if we fuck him and you know, <laughs> like, that, that's what i think of when i see the footage so you know he's absolutely wrong he's coming off as something or something else it's uh uh, that video, anyway, they was using as an example of it is a total success in in my eyes. Well, this this has been such a very strange podcast, but very awesome one all the same. Sorry, I came in super late and just kind of interrupt in the middle. I didn't know you guys started. Yeah, that's why I told you to stop yelling. Well, you started. You told me to stop yelling because you said my mic was. Yeah, like, and that and then Izzy griefed on Pan. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um. So this is going to be released after uh momocon but is he's going to be griefing pan all weekend long i think they're sharing the space and yeah oh yeah we're gonna take up one half of the hotel room nesca's gonna what's gonna happen nesca's gonna go over to izzy's side (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say if it's anything like last time what we're gonna do is um because last year we had like because you guys saw the video where we did that awkward now let's show my final form or whatever and we had the helmet We'll just put Pan in the back out there. He can go camping outside. And me and Nesca will just uh, push the beds together and make one giant, like, nest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a plan. That's a plan. All right. Yeah, I think she's down for but it. But, yeah, I think that's the uh, end of the show, kids. Yeah. Good. So who are you people? I'm Pan Pizza. I'm Nolan. Back at it again. I'm Izzy. Oh, shit. I am Sorry. Kermit the Frog. Kermit no, Frog. Kermit's back. Kermit. What the fuck? Kermit Oh no! Wrong here. Kermit Multiple wrong. Kermits. It's all Kermit all the time. Well, let's all do Kermit and Frog's impressions. Kermit Go! Wrong. Kermit the Frog Kermit here. What's up, wrong. guys? Oh, <laughs> no. Why are there so many Kermit the Frogs the here? The Office. Who's the Muppet now? The Muppet Show on NBC. The Office ripoff was pretty good, I have to say. Incredible. Was it really? No, yeah. no it wasn't. What the fuck? <laughs> no. I never watched it. Yay! It's on iTunes. You have to spend spend twenty four dollars to buy it on iTunes. I, I can't do Kermit. Okay. okay. Waka waka. I'm ending waka, this now. Waka. Goodbye. Goodbye, gamers. <laughs> Bye, every pony. Bye, world.